Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm here with Pastor Merritt. Today we will be on lesson number 16 in the book of Daniel. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. All right, let's go to the Lord in silent prayer. You use 1 John 1 9 as may be appropriate. Excuse me, may be appropriate and thus become taught by God the Holy Spirit as we read the scripture. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to name our sin back to you and thus be taught by God the Holy Spirit. Now guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last week we taught Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 through 23. When time ran out, I was reviewing Daniel's description of the king's dream and really the process surrounding that particular effort. This morning, I want to give you the dream, first in chapter 2, and then its counterpart in chapter 7. Keep in mind, these two dreams describe the same four kingdoms, one present and three future, although the Roman Empire should actually be divided into a Roman Empire, B.C. 250 to 475 A.D., and a revived empire of the tribulation. The dream described and interpreted by Daniel in chapter 2 is one dreamed by Nebuchadnezzar and the dream described and interpreted by an angel is dreamed by Daniel in chapter 7. The statue seen in Nebuchadnezzar's dream describes the present and coming kingdoms from man's perspective and thus the manifestation is far more favorable than the dream dreamt by Daniel and described in chapter 7. Daniel's dream found in chapter 7 described an awful creature coming out of a churning sea. It is God's perspective of the voracious and avarice driven kingdoms of man. By way of preface, I would recommend you not panic when you read in chapter 7, verse 1, that the dream of Daniel occurs in the first year of Belteshazzar. For you see, though we know Belteshazzar earlier met his demise at the hand of Darius, that is Darius the Mede, in Daniel chapter 5. We must also know that chapters 1 through 6 represent a history in chapters 7 through 12 describe the dreams and visions and prophecies 
which took place during the historical period recorded in chapters 1 through 6. Perhaps better said, the prophecies of Daniel recorded in chapters 7 through 12 need to be overlaid over the history chapters. For you see, they fall into the cracks of history they're recorded. The events of chapters 7 through 12 do not follow chronologically, but rather these chapters record events which primarily occurred during the time period described by chapters 1 through 6. After we complete the brief overview with comments of the king's dream and then the dream of Daniel, I will pick up where we left off last week by giving you a few points related to the national cycles of discipline. Before we proceed, however, let me give you an expanded translation of Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. That's quite lengthy, David, so why don't you take over. Daniel 2, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, the king began to have several troubling dreams. He was greatly disturbed, so panic-stricken that he developed a serious case insomnia. Accordingly, Nebuchadnezzar summoned his scribes, his best scientists, his sorcerers, priests, and soothsayers. They were told the nature of the king's problem. The king said to them, I had a dream which greatly, greatly troubles me, and I want to know its meaning. The men summoned to the palace bowed before Nebuchadnezzar, saying in unison, O king, live forever. The leader of the group said, Now tell us the dream, and we will tell you its interpretation. The king answered, I have already issued an irrevocable decree. If you do not tell me what I dreamed and then interpret it for me, I'll have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and then tell me its meaning, I will give you gold bullion, silver utensils, and a chest full of precious stones along with a large monetary stipend and a promotion. So take a shot and tell me the dream and its interpretation. Once more, their spokesman replied, Tell us the dream, and then we will interpret it. Nebuchadnezzar answered, You are simply trying to buy time, because you realize I have issued an unalterable decree that a failure to tell the dream and interpret will result in your death. If you fail to tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. For you see in the past I have watched you on occasion develop misleading interpretations, and now I think you are simply stalling, hoping the situation will change. <coughs> Excuse me. Tell me the dream, then I will know that your interpretation can be trusted. One of the more respected scholars answered, There is not a diviner on earth who can do what the king asks. In fact, we know of no king, Egyptian or Assyrian, 
who has ever asked a scholar, enchanter, or astrologer to tell a ruler what he dreamed. What you are asking is frankly just too difficult. There is no human who one can reveal your dream. Only the gods know what you dream, but unfortunately, the gods do not live among us. This response made the king not just angry, but livid. He exploded and summarily ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. The decree to execute all Babylonian diviners was received by Arioch, Nebuchadnezzar's chief of execution. He immediately led a sweeping search for all diviners, and this included Daniel and his four friends. When Arioch arrived at Daniel's palace apartment, the young teenager met the chief executioner at the door. Arioch read the decree to Daniel, and then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. Why is the decree being so hastily carried out? Then Arioch told Daniel how the king had already met with the palace diviners and given each a chance to tell the king his dream. Verse 16. Daniel went straight to the king's quarters and asked permission from his chief of staff to see the king. Daniel promised, if given just a little more time, he would tell the king what he had dreamed and then interpret the dream. Later, Daniel met with his three friends and explained the entire situation so that they would not be drawn and quartered with the rest of the Babylonian diviners. The dream and its interpretation was given to Daniel in a night vision and Daniel responded to God's revelation by praising God. Daniel extolled the name of Jehovah, that is Jehovah God, by exclaiming, Blessed be the name of God forever, for he is the source of all wisdom and might. He went even, even further by proclaiming, It is Jesus Christ who controls events and breaks up time into epochs. He both raises up kings and he puts them down. He gives wisdom to the wise and more doctrine to those who deserve it. He reveals the deep and hidden things to those who know him. God knows what is in the minds of men and because the light dwells in him, he can reveal everything that I, Daniel, need to know. I thank you and praise your name, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and has revealed the king's dream. Now let's take a look at the king's dream recorded and interpreted in chapters or chapter 2 as compared with Daniel's dream recorded and interpreted in chapter 7. Keep in mind, Daniel will interpret the king's dream and an angel will interpret Daniel's dream. Daniel chapter 2, verse 32 through 45. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, the legs of iron 
its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. When you were watching, a rock was cut out of, well, but not out of human hands. It struck a, the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. That is, it smashed the feet. The iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. You, O king, are the king of things. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. So now Daniel. let's take a look at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> All right, David.
Ooh, I'm gonna read uh, chapter seven, verse one, all the way to 27. And here we go. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion, and it had the wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground, so that it stood on two feet like a man. And the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides. And it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that, I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked. And there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had an eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was, like, was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing before him. Thousands upon stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beast had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the true meaning of all of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts 
are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. But the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws, the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up, before which three of them fall. The horn that looked more imposing than the others and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom. He gave me this explanation. <clears throat> the fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise. Different from the earlier ones, he will subdue three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and a half a time, but the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints. The people of the Most High, his kingdom will, will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will wish it, worship and obey him. Okay, that's the end of lesson number 16. Of course, you know we're happy you're here with us. Pastor Merritt, could you close us in a prayer? Father, we're grateful for the privilege of having such wonderful information about what's going to happen. And uh, ever grateful that we are going to be raptured before all of this starts and uh, thus uh, be blessed to be with God himself and his son and many saints who have preceded us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone out there within the sound of our voice or beyond that is without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Until next time. So long.